In today's show, we're looking at the action from Monday. A lot of games on. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week on Friday to get in on the action. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. Let's take a look now. There's 11 games on. No time for mucking around. Straight into the first one. And that first game was the Indiana Pacers going down to the Washington Wizards. 132-124. The um, Pacers were without Dougie McDirt. We had big games from Sabonis. Big games from Brogdon. 35-11-6 for Sabonis with two steals on 63% shooting. Huge usage. Brogdon, who featured on my buy low show today. Had 26-4-8 with five triples. Amazing how often that happens, isn't it? That I put a guy on a buy-low show and literally three hours later, he has a big game. Big game from Brogdon. But Miles Turner continues to be frustrating. 10% usage, 11 points. Now, you can't complain about four blocks, one steal, two threes, or 36 minutes, or that he shot 57%. But just give him the ball more. I don't want to. I don't need to see Justin Holiday taking 11 shots. I don't need to see Karis LeVert converting on 21% of his attempts. And Levert is a noted poor efficiency player. He's just lost on this team, Turner. The blocks are fantastic, like, and the minutes are pushing up, and that's encouraging. But still, he should play 33, 34 every single night. Not 30, not 31, not 29. It's frustrating. Um, we're still holding him, obviously. Maybe he's a bit of a buy low, but he's not changing teams this year, so I don't really see anything changing with this scenario but at least providing that value despite the frustration that we know it could be more. The TJ McConnell minutes watch, that's still in pretty much effect. Only 22 here. Now, you look at the line. You go, nine assists, two steals. Who gives a shit? Like, who gives a shit what his minutes are? It doesn't matter because he put up those good numbers. And that is true to an extent. But getting nine assists and two steals in 22 minutes is pretty bloody tough work. Now, if he was getting 28 a night, you'd say, I feel confident. What's the word? Confident. But the worry that I had with TJ was Levert coming in and dropping the minutes down. And that have as outside of like two games, they have dropped down. But he's been able to maintain that production. Let's hope he can keep up an insane assist and steal rate. There's a, there's a possibility he doesn't, and we're still holding him. But I'm a little worried about those minutes. Justin Holiday, I think, is moving into fringe 12-team category. I'm still holding him, but he's moving into maybe you're better off streaming his spot. 10 points, three threes, and two steals. While it was a stinker from Levert, eight points, five rebounds, four assists. The two steals are nice. The 21% shooting is obviously not. Well, Jeremy Lamb uh, got hurt again, stubbed his toe or sprained his toe. Six points in 15 minutes, of course, Lamb. Still rostered in some 12-team leagues for some reason. Does not need to be rostered in 12 or 14 or probably even 16-team leagues at this stage. For the Wizards, Bradley Beal was out. Davis Bertans was out. But let's talk about Russell Westbrook, who was ridiculously good. 35, 14, and 21. And then he said, I'll add two steals. I'll add a block. And screw you, blokes. I'll hit four threes on 67% shooting from deep. Now, unfortunately, he still only hit 60% of his free throws, but 54% from the field. Westbrook is now into the top 10 for category leagues over the last two weeks. He dropped 88 fantasy points. He was atrocious to begin this season, and he is absolutely rolling at the moment. 
fantastic stuff from Russ to see him getting back and being this aggressive. 36 minutes again for Rui Hachimura. They're just force-feeding him the minutes. 26 points on 24 shots is not super efficient, 52% true shooting. But from a fantasy perspective, getting 50% shooting is great. Getting 26% is great. Of course, he had a triple zero, which is true Rui Hachimura style, eight rebounds and three assists. And getting consistently solid production from him has always been the challenge. I think you can have him as a 12-team league guy. He's not a 10-teamer. I think you can have him as a 12-team league guy, but the inconsistency in production and what happens when Bertans comes back is still a big question mark there for Rui, but you're pretty strong. Solid game from Denny Avdia, 12 points in 32 minutes with eight rebounds, but we're leaving him for the deep performance. But how about Chandler Hutchison? Close the game, the former Bull. Had 18 points in 25 minutes. Now, I don't really know how he's going to get that many minutes when Beal and Bertans and even Ish Smith return. That might be tough to get there. But of course, Jerome Robinson's 21 minutes can uh, get all the way out of here. Where's my button? Get that garbage out of here! Um, but that still doesn't mean that Hutchison's going to have this role, but absolutely watch him. Like, absolutely pay attention. He was out with personal issues for Chicago for ages. And you have to think the personal issues is he was fighting with the team because he had a tweet today, uh, one man's tra- trash, dot, dot, dot. So it makes you think that there was uh, some sort of interpersonal conflict going on between him and the coaching staff. I wouldn't bank on Hutchison doing this consistently or even getting this much playing time, but he's at least a name to watch. The guy who was flying was Dan Gafford. 15 minutes, 11 and 6, two blocks. Now, I don't think he hadn't even played as many minutes as Alex Lennon at that point. So before we get both hands down south, let's just keep one there, one on the mouse before we get too, you know, too excited. And then he sprained his ankle and it didn't look good. And with the way that the Wizards are talking, with the way that it looked, he left the court in a wheelchair I'm thinking weeks, not days, maybe months, not uh, not weeks, to be honest. If he is back within three weeks, I will absolutely fall over. There is almost no way for me. Um, like a, a strong ad for sure, because the numbers were great. And he was trending towards a guy that should have played 27 minutes a night. Of course, his coach is Scott Brooks. So that means he should play 16 minutes a night because Brooks doesn't know how to w- uh, value a center properly. And Brooks comes out, oh man, we're so good. We love what he does. We don't have anyone that can do that. 17 minutes. Like that's the frustrating part. But now we're not going to have to worry with Brooks' frustration for a while. If you wanted to grab Alex Len, <laughs> do, do we do it? Do we do it? I don't know. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Because it's only him and Robin Lopez now. There's no interloper that's coming in and you know, stealing 18 minutes out of nowhere. Onzes Pashniks isn't coming back into play minutes. Len is better than Lopez from a fantasy perspective. It's not high priority. But maybe we consider it. Uh, it's just a shame that Gafford was playing that well and putting up those numbers. Um, I'd wait for a diagnosis, which I reckon we get tomorrow, and I think you'll find that he won't be back until he won't be back until May. Would be my guess, uh, if at all. Uh, that, that's that's the worry I have with Dan Gafford right there. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. You've seen me do a couple of episodes already on Locker Room. You go in there, you talk, you can listen in, and then I can bring a couple of you blokes up on stage and you can ask me questions, almost like a talkback radio sort of scenario. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. So make sure you're ready. Following me at Josh Lloyd 48 on Locker Room. Uh, Friday, we'll be doing a, a little question and answer segment over there. So make sure you're checking out my room on Locker Room on Friday. So download that free Locker Room app. It's only available currently on iOS devices. Make sure you create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. And follow me, Josh Lloyd 48, to be notified when my room goes live. I know you don't want to miss it. So I'm planning to be there on Friday in the afternoon at some point. 
I can't wait to hear all of your takes and thoughts on fantasy basketball. So I'll see you there. Locker room, changing the way that we talk sports. Okay, next game, second game of the day, we're looking at the New Orleans Pelicans and the Boston Celtics. The Pelicans get the win 115-109. Josh, the hitman Hart, he should be on a 12-team roster everywhere. 15-15, and 15, one of the best, if not the best, rebounding guard in all of basketball. 15 boards is just actually an insane number for a bloke like him, but he is super strong on the boards. He blocked a shot as well. While Zion Williamson, not quite as unstoppable as usual, but 28-8-3 with four steals on 50% shooting, is still pretty damn good. 39% usage, 52 fantasy points. Unfortunately, just six of nine from the line, but really putting in some strong numbers. He's going to be a second-round pick next year, undoubtedly. Well, Brandon Ingram added nine assists. Unfortunately, true shooting of just, uh, what, 57%? And 73 from the line, 41 from the field. So that's not fantastic for Ingram. He was saved by hitting 60% of his threes, but some good numbers nonetheless. Eric Bledsoe put in a 12-team worthy line, 13-3-5 in 36 minutes. Now, I don't buy it. I'm not adding him. Lonzo Ball should cut into his playing time quite a lot when he returns, but that was solid enough to at least pay attention to. On Nikhil Alexander-Walker missed both his free throws, which is disappointing, but 17-7-3. And, and the discrepancy between Alexander-Walker being a plus 17 and Bledsoe being a minus 8 is pretty stark. And I tell you why, it's because the bloke who came in behind Bledsoe is going to be really good. Kyra Lewis Jr., 9-3-4 in 18 minutes. You know I've talked this guy, guy up for a long time. I had him number four on my draft board. I still think the Bulls should have taken him at number four. He could actually be in the point guard that they need to play alongside Zach Levine. It's not going to happen for him this year, but it looks like Lonzo's almost definitely going to leave next season, and I don't think they're going to be all that keen to hang on to Bledsoe. So don't be shocked to see an Alexander Walker-Lewis starting backcourt for the Pelicans next season. I'm pretty excited to see it. Steven Adams had been playing better, and then he did this, four and five in 30 minutes and missed all four of his free throws. He did have two steals and a block, but I don't really see the value in holding him in 12-team leagues. Get that garbage out of here! Wizard Wundu played his first minutes for the Pelicans. I'm sure you all care so much there. Jalen Brown was out for the Celtics. JB, you've got it again. So they started Grant Williams, who had three points in 23 minutes, while Evan Fournier... Man, could it could it have been any worse? The answer to that is no, actually it, it could have been. But this is the wild thing from Fournier. He played 33 minutes. That's great. He went scoreless. He missed all 10 of his shots. And then somehow a bloke who has had in seasons past a grand total of four blocks blocked two shots in one game. And I think that's the second time he's done that this season. He had two steals. He had the most unconventional Richie Benno you will ever see. Two for two, two, two. Two rebounds, two steals, two blocks. And no other stats. One of the most bizarre lines you will see. I think he's worth a hold. I don't think the 32 minutes is indicative of what his playing time is like when Jalen is there. But it was encouraging to see him get those shots and to get those defensive stats. But while the shooting percentage isn't real, the defensive stats also aren't aren't real. Marcus Smart got ejected in the last minute. He had 15 and 3, while Kemba had 23, 4 and 4, and Tatum had 34, 9 and 5. So good numbers there. While the Rock DJ, only 7 points for Roy Williams. But 10 boards, 5 assists, 3 blocks, just doing what he needs to do. I wonder if Brad Stevens will go back to Tristan Thompson at center. I bloody hope not, but I wonder if he does. Luke Cornett, the Cornetto, 10 points in 13 minutes for him. Surely he's not a rotation piece while flaming Mo Wagner. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, 4 minutes, 1 point. For Mo Wagner, not the greatest performance from him, and I, I don't expect him to be a rotation player as we move forward. The next game we take a squiz at, the Miami Heat knock out the New York Knicks, 98-88. No Victor Oladipo, no Kendrick Nunn here for the Heat. So Goran Dragic started and didn't do too much. Four points in 24 minutes, five rebounds, two assists. Dragic is a 146th ranked player. 
Jack, what do we do? Get that garbage out of here! Absolutely we do. Trevor Ariza started at power forward and had two points on one of seven shooting. That is relatively rough. While Nemanja Bielica had five points, uh, five minutes and zero points. I do not believe that Bielica is a 12-team league guy. If I added him, I would stream that spot. I wouldn't worry about it. He's a guy that, to me, needs to be in a perfect situation playing 30 minutes a night in a spot where there aren't other good players around him or you know, aren't a lot of other good players around him. He just, I think if he started and played 30 minutes, he'd have like... 11 points with two threes, and that's just not worth having. Ariza has been at least worth a squiz as a 12-team league bloke, but this was pretty rough. While Dunk Robinson hit four threes, as did Tyler Hero. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. 18 points, four assists, four triples. I am not convinced the hero remains a 12-team league guy, especially when Oladipo's healthy. So maybe try and sell after this game. Butler, 27-5 and 6, while Bam had 20 and 17 with two blocks. Big, big numbers from big, big Bam out of bio there. On to the New York Knickerbockers. Nerlens Noel, 30 minutes, 8 and 11, two steals, four blocks. He's a must-roster player. Don't overthink it. Don't worry about it. He is a must-roster player. It is a must-roster player. I don't know how many more times I can say that. Julius Randle, 22 and 8, while Derek Rose had 16 points with three threes. I think Rose probably is a 12-team league guy just for his scoring alone. Alec Burks, it had been fun, but uh, yeah, six points in 27 minutes. And the the key thing there is he had a 7% usage with Rose, with Randall back, with Quickly, with Alfred Payton still being gifted minutes. Um, it's frustrating. I could still see holding Burks for sure, but... The confidence is a little bit lower there. Well, Rowan Barrett, oh, what a turd this was. 8-4-4 four, and four in 32 minutes. And as usual, when Barrett has a bad night, it's because the shooting is off. 33 from the field, missed his only free throw. He will be better, surely. While Reggie Bullock had three points in 22 minutes. And he'd been playing all right. In fact, over the last uh, two weeks, Bullock had been a top 100 player somehow. Um, but it's not something that I think that we need to... Um, not something that I think we need to get too worried about in terms of adding him in 12-team leagues or anything along those lines. So, um, yeah, just disappointing. But I guess him disappointing does help more of the long-term, um, more of the long-term value for someone like a uh, an Alec Burks in that scenario, who honestly should have been starting in that position from the from the get-go this season, but unfortunately was not. All right, next game. Interesting one here. The Minnesota Timberwolves go down to the Nets, 107-112. Let's talk Jaden McDaniels, who I said has locked up the power forward spot. I feel even more confident about that now. 13-7, three threes, one steal, four blocks. You've got to add him. You just add him and let's just see what happens. He's not going to be this good most nights, of course. 42 fantasy points. The four blocks, the 13 uh, points, the you know three threes on 60% shooting. That's not real. But the minutes are and have to add him. Have to add him. Malik Beasley, that is two absolute turd burgers. Nine points on 25% shooting in 31 minutes, 20% usage. The worry there was what would happen with Edwards and Beasley and how the usage went. Well, the loser at this point has been Beasley and he can't hit shots. I'm not dropping him, but don't be shocked if we get there. Um, Edwards, 23 and 10, still horrendous efficiency, 46% true shooting, but nice uh, bludgeoning points league numbers from Goose, 43 fantasy points, while Townsie had 31 and 12 with five assists, three blocks and four triples, 59% shooting. I forgot, I was supposed to create a, a drop for Anthony Edwards for calling him Goose. Maybe I'll just do it uh, live a cappella. There you go. You can imagine when I put the real one in later on. Um. All right, onto the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie returned, had 27 and 7 with three steals and a block. He's really good, as is Jimmy Harden. 38, 11, and 13 in a steal and a block. Fantastic. They moved Jeff Green to the bench so they could sh- start the Shark. Bruce Brown almost called him the Shart. Baby Shark. The Shart. That's uh, who would be the Shart? Hassan Whiteside? No, he's the worst. Um, the Shart. Is it Grayson Allen? 
Dwayne Bacon. Maybe Dwayne Bacon's the shot. Um, only 15 minutes for Nick Claxton. That is pretty troubling. Uh, he had three blocks in that time, but how's it going to go when LaMarcus Aldridge returns? Now, I'll tell you what, DeAndre Jordan's not playing when LaMarcus Aldridge comes. He played 12 minutes and had 10 points. He won't play. Griffin had five, six, and five in 19 minutes. But let's just go through this. DeAndre Jordan in 12-team leagues. Get that garbage out of here! Blake Griffin in 12-team leagues. Get that garbage out of here! LaMarcus Aldridge in 12-team leagues. Get that garbage out of here! Jeff Green in 12-team leagues. Get that garbage out of here! And Nick Claxton in 12-team leagues, unfortunately. Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, it's just a mess. Um, the Shark had those 10-5-5, five five, which is all right, and, and Jeffy Green had 10-4 and four with two blocks and two threes, but it's just going to be a mess. Nash is going to play matchups. He's going to play rotations. And we still don't even have Kevin Durant in the mix, and I don't know when the hell Durant's going to be back, but it, it's not looking good for the value of all those guys. Joe Harris was on my buy low show today. He bucked the trend and still had a shit one, seven points in 30 minutes. I guess there is a risk that he continues to be shit for the rest of the season. I don't think that'll be the case, or that he loses usage, or that he loses... Um, his ability to hit 50% of his threes. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see I'd like to see him get a little bit better than what we're currently seeing from him there. But uh, that's not 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 ideal. Um, all right. You think that's enough out of the Brooklyn Nets? Guys, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON. I've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. So we are whittling the names down. We are whittling the flavors down. We are looking at, uh, yeah, we're almost, we're almost into the championship here. This is, uh, this is getting good. Today's matchup, we are looking at Coconut Brownie Chunk versus Caramel Brownie for a for the final spot in the Flavorful Four to join Mint Brownie. Yeah, I don't know if a Mint Brownie should have got that far. Cookies and Cream and Cookie Dough Chunk. Is Coconut Brownie Chunk going to win or Caramel Brownie? I'm going to go with Coconut Brownie Chunk. So go to BuiltBar.com or go to their Twitter account at bar underscore built and cast your vote. And remember, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Okay, next game. What are we up for here? It is an ass-kicking. The Dallas Mavericks, they beat the Thunder 127-106. Doncic and Porzingis returned. They both scored over 20, and they did it comfortably. 29-5 for KP with a steal and two blocks. Doncic, 25-3-7 with two steals. And uh, Timmy Hardaway dropped in 19 points, but only played 21 minutes. Jalen Bronson moved back to the bench and did his best, best TJ McConnell impression with seven assists and two steals. While Joshy Richardson... Another stinker. Nine, three, and five. Um, Richardson is the 117th ranked player this season. In a 10-team league, there's no need to hold. In a 12, he can have better games than this, but is he a must-roster? Um, I'm not convinced. Muxy Kleber struggling a bit. Wouldn't bother with him in 12s, and Dorian Finney-Smith had 12 points in 27 minutes, but this one was a laugher pretty early on. But what about the Thunder? Because that's a team that we do want to focus on. Isaiah Roby, 34 minutes, 12 and nine, three assists, three steals, two blocks. I think he's a 12-team league guy. Ty Jerome, 
11, 3, and 5 with two steals. Good numbers. He's more of a 14-team league guy, but he's pushing up. The Salt Flake, Theo Maladon. 14 and 6 in 28 minutes on some pretty poor shooting. And 14 and 6 is all right, but one assist, no steals, and then shooting horribly, as he has done literally all season, is why I wasn't as all over him as a must-roster player after that 22-point performance last game. Is that you get one of those, and you get five or six stinkers. So by all means, he's a streamer. By all means, take a flyer. I don't think he's a must-roster. And this was an absolute turd from Moses Brown because look at that true shooting, 32%. 20% from the field, one of five. Now, that's not real. He's a... a He's a, he dunks. Like, why is he 20%? 40% from the line is the concern. 10 attempts, 4 makes. He's been shit at the past. Now, he has moved it up to like 60-65 in the G League, which is encouraging, but just not a good game. Now, don't react. Don't drop. Don't do anything stupid here with Moses Brown, but that's not a good game. Keep an eye for deeper leagues on Josh Hall. 22 minutes. Dude didn't play in college at all. Had 10 points. Just keep an eye on him for those deeper formats. Tone Bradley played 14 minutes, so not sure he's going to be too much of a worry to guys like Pokashevsky, Roby, and Brown. But again, Baisley, Dort, Gildas Alexander, if he ever returns, there's a lot of guys to still return to that rotation. While the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams, had eight points in his 21 minutes. He, he's solid, but he's just not good for fantasy, unfortunately. Next game, the Raptors. Mate, they are in real trouble, this Raptors team. Real trouble. Um... 118-104, they lose to the Pistons. Let's talk about the Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Again, another strong usage game. 19 and 5, three threes, three blocks. If you don't know that he's a master roster player, I don't know what you're still doing watching this channel because I've said it literally a thousand times. Gaz Trent, 38 minutes. That's a lot for Gazza. Now, he shot poorly, 40%, but 15 points, three threes, the five assists and the two steals. You don't get that from him. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. I do not believe that he is a must-roster player. If you want to have him because you value his points and threes, knock yourself out. If you're in a points league, by all means, whatever. Do it. Do it if you want to. I just don't think that he's this high-priority guy we have to have. Van Vliet had a jammed leg, whatever fake injury that is. 22-5 and five with four triples while they were obviously managing Kyle Lowry. Now, he was pretty shit-ass in this one, to be honest. 10 points in 24 minutes with a minus 23. Um, yeah, that's it's not great for where his value lies. And the same with the wiki, Chris Boucher. It's going to be frustrating. Remember, keep the mantra in your head. Nurse does not believe in him. Just always say it to yourself. Nurse does not believe in him. There'll be games where he plays well. There'll be games where he struggles. Plenty of you want to drop him. I get that. I wouldn't. But the frustration's palpable. He still had three blocks. But four points and three boards in 16 minutes is pretty rough going. Aaron Baines had four points in nine minutes, and Malachi Flynn. I'm more encouraged by Flynny playing 18 minutes, and you're going to be shocked to know that Rocket Rodney Hood uh, fell way off after his last game. He had seven points in 20 minutes, and he is not troubling the scorers in too many fantasy leagues. But let's talk about the Detroit Pistons. M.C. Hamadou Diallo. 27 minutes coming off the bench. Surely won't be long before he starts, but he's basically taken Josh Jackson's role. 19 and 10, one steal and two block. Now, I don't believe he's a 60% shooter because he isn't. I don't believe he's a 50% three-point shooter because he isn't. Is he a really good rebounder? Absolutely. Can he show some uh, athletic defensive plays? Of course. Is he worth taking a flyer on? Probably. I I think this is high watermark Diallo, and then you're going to get 10 and four on 30% shooting, and you're going to be like, what am I doing? But yeah, sure, take a flyer by all means. Josh Jackson's out of the rotation. Get him, get him out of here. And then Dwayne Casey spouting some bullshit. I couldn't play all of them. Just play, just play the guys you need to play. You don't need to play Wayne Ellington twenty-one minutes. 
I don't need to see 17 minutes of Frank Jackson ever again in my life. But I also don't need to see Josh Jackson play. So I've got no problem with him being out of the rotation. Saban Lee had 19-3-5 with a steal and a block. And until Dennis Smith returns, he's worth streaming. While Corey Joseph, 17-5-5. Is Corey Joseph good? No, but they're good numbers. And with the absence of guards, with Hayes and then Jackson not playing and Smith being out, at least a 14-team league guy. The depressed penis, Sadiq Bay. 19 points, 5 threes. Remains a nice back-end-ish 12-team league player, while Isaiah Stewart, 30 minutes for the big fella, 14-2-3 with a block. I maintain that he remains a 12-team league guy, while Mason Plumley only played 18 minutes. Is it happening? Is the switch happening? Probably not, because Plumley did get five fouls here, so that's probably the reason. But Stewart is still that guy to hold, or Jeremy Grant. Remember, man, man, everyone missed on Jeremy Grant. Man, he's so good. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's just had a two-month insane hot streak, and now he is actually struggling in a big way. Seven points on 25% shooting with a triple one. Again, and this happens so often when we evaluate players. We see what happens to begin the season, and he was red hot. And then you look at the last three months, and you go, oh, oh, that's just... Oh, that's just not right. Like, that's just not good. That's just what we expected from Jeremy Grant. But what happens in the start of the season makes us go, oh, shit, man, we were wrong. He can be a star. Like, no, I don't believe so at all. Um, I don't believe he's going to be this all-star hype level player. And we're seeing the fall off. Now, I think there's still buy low value in him here. I'm not saying he's a drop by any means, but it's been a, a, an ongoing thing where he has struggled and he struggled in a, in a pretty decent-sized manner in this game. Let's go on. Next game, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Houston Rockets. Really, really interesting stuff in this game. Um, I think you know what we're going to talk about uh, because the wave pool, DeAnthony Melton. Now, I I talk shit about coaches a lot. I am now a coach myself. I'm coaching an under-14s footy team, so I'm going to be... Maybe people are going to be ranting about my poor lineup decisions and my poor coaching. I'm sure I'm going to hear it from parents and anyone. I'm sure I'm going to hear about it. But at least... I won't keep my second best guard off the court. It took Grayson Allen going out for DeAnthony Melton to play good minutes. Imagine how stunned I was when I saw DeAnthony Melton put up a big line in big minutes. What a stunner. 23 points, 4 triples, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, plus 7, 58% shooting. I don't know how many ways I can tell it. And for anyone who has in the past, you know, Josh, he sucks, Melton sucks, Melton shit. This is the frustrating thing, is that you know that he's good. Well, sorry, I know that he's good, and a vast majority of people know that he's good, and you're just waiting, and you're waiting for Jenkins to go, huh, huh, maybe we should play him, and it just never happens. But now there's an injury. Does this flip it? Does it mean that we'll get big minutes out of DeAnthony Melton? I would say no. I would say absolutely not, because we have seen this evidence for years now, and by years, I mean literally multiple seasons. But the window's open. It's open, it's cracking, it's open a little bit. Maybe we're there, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if we are, though. Would I add him? Would I want to miss out on 27 minutes a night of DeAnthony Melton? Kids, close him. Headphones off. Would I want to miss out? Absolutely not. Like, I want to have him because I know that he's good and I've been telling people that he's good and now we saw that he's good. But I, I, Mike Scott, what are we doing? No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. I'm just I'm prepared for it but I'm not letting him go to waste. Valanciunas had 30 and 15. Um, interestingly, when people were asking Dwayne Casey about minutes for rookies today, he invoked the name of Jonas Valanciunas. He said, um, yeah, 
he said people have been on him about uh, not playing the young guys. He said, oh, people would get on him about not playing Valanciunas in Toronto, and it's the same deal then. Players, He wants players to earn their minutes. He's full of shit. Like, Valanciunas earned his minutes. He was playing well, and he wouldn't play those minutes. And now we see him playing the big minutes, and holy shit, look, look it's better production. What a what an absolute surprise that is. So the absolute bullshit that, that uh, Dwayne Casey throws out, oh, you've got to earn them. Through what? Playing well in the limited minutes here out there, which these guys always do. It frustrates the shit out of me. Anyway, uh, Desi Bain, 17 points with three triples in 28 minutes, while Clarkie, Brandon Clark had two steals and a block. That's what we always want to watch first with Clark, what he does with those defensive stats. And then Dylan Brooksy Brooks played 34 minutes. He had 17 points, almost took 17 shots to get there in true Brooks fashion with four assists. Um, Brooks is the 121st ranked player this year. In a 10-team league, I wouldn't bother. In a 12-teamer, I think you almost get more value out of streaming him. Would I drop Dylan Brooks for D'Anthony Melton? Just for the brand, yes. Yes, I would. Would it be a smart move? Maybe not, but I'd do it. And guys, I, I regret to inform you that Ja Morant was not good yet again. 12, 5, and 8, 33 minutes. Not enough to sneak inside the top 200 over the last week from Ja. Um, big steps backwards. Now, I think that that means... Now, the problem I have with Ja Morant in terms of trying to value him and valuing him in um, dynasty leagues in particular is that his name value is so much higher than his actual current value. People talk about this guy like he's Luka Doncic at times. Like he is, he will. Like I saw a tweet from the NBA today saying, "Yeah, Ja Morant, freaking ridiculous!" And oh, he had a big game, he had twelve points. Like anything he does gets put up in lights, and that's not a fault of the kid. I love the bloke. I think he's great. I think he's super fun. But he just gets put up in lights for anything that he does, and therefore his fantasy value gets inflated by a lot of people. Top twenty guy is he? Like I still will get people. Uh, ja Morant or Gordon Hayward. Huh? What? For this year, I'll still I'll get that question. Like people, so I'd say that with how he's doing, and I, and I think a lot of his struggles are to do with that ankle injury, which frankly I think he may have come back from a little bit too early, and those significant ankle sprains they they root people like they kill you for a while, and I think that's what's happening. So I would say if it was a normal scenario, hey, go and buy low because I think he's going to be much better next year. But the problem is, is that people overvalue this bloke absolutely through the roof. It's almost like he's Kevin Porter Jr.'s nephew. That's how much they overvalue him. But that's my worry there, that maybe you actually can't get value in a buy low. I would try it, but I worry that maybe you can't get enough value. Again, the lack of steals, the poor free throw shooting, the lack of threes, uh, just a rough night. Rough night from Kyle Anderson. And I'm not trying to harp on, um, I'm not trying to harp on him here at all, Um, but the reality is reality. Oh, the other thing I've got to mention in terms of those minutes, why Bain played so much and Melton got extra minutes, Justice Winslow was out. Probably helped them win, to be honest, because Winslow has not been good this year, but Winslow was out. That gave the cashier Xavier Tillman 13 minutes. He didn't do too much. He's a, I think he can be a solid NBA starting center, but probably not like a 30-minute-a-night guy. For the Rockets, Kelly and Nick's actually good. Now, it is coming without Christian Wood, but 25-9, and nine, one steal, two blocks, 59% shooting. Wood's not considered to be out for a long time, but you can't leave that on the bench. You can't leave that on the wire. I don't know how they'll incorporate them together, but that's really good for Malinic. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate went bananas, 24 and seven. He's a must roster. Well, Johnny Wall, he didn't die trying. Nine points on 12 shots. That's a cool 17% shooting, but he did add eight assists, three steals and two blocks. How about Kevin Porter? Um, 36 minutes for KP. 10, 3, and 5, 0 threes, 0 steals, 0 blocks, 0 free throw attempts and 29% shooting. Kevin Porter's a must-roster player, but again, every single relative of his that follows this channel or listens to this podcast, 
I think you might have been a, you might have been a smidge too high, just a little bit. You might have been a little bit too high. He's going to have these games. He's a young player. He's going to get better, but he's not as good as what everyone. And I think at this point, it is becoming a meme, to be honest. Uh, Avery Bradley played 15 minutes in his first game. He had two steals, but he is not really a fantasy option. Or while DJ Augustin, don't look now, but Deej is putting up some like 16 team value, 13, two and five. I think it's ridiculous, but he is. He's putting up 13, two and five here, 20 minutes, um, and just getting those assists off a wire. There can be some use in that. So just pay marginal attention on low-volume days for DJ Augustin. All right, let's go on to the next game. The Sacramento Kings beat the Spurs easily. 132-115. Mate, how good's Rashawn Holmes? 23-12, one steal, three blocks. I overestimated the Kings' stupidity in the offseason when I thought, what are they going to do? Holmes is clearly the superior player, but maybe they're going to play Whiteside. Holmes is just destroying. 23-12. Um, clearly their second best player, like not not even not even close. Or actually, that's not true. Halliburton's pretty close to it, um, but he's dominating, and his free agency is going to be super intriguing. While Darren Fox continues to hit free throws, continues to hit shots, twenty four three and five, and he dropped in a Richie Benno two for two two two. But he would also shot well for twenty points. While Tyrese Halliburton had fifteen four and ten. I uh, Jack, I know you used to announce this guy when he was back in Toronto, but Dylan Wright. Get that garbage out of here. Yeah, this is exactly what I feared after this trade. Two, four, and five. Now, the five assists is more than I expected, but 23 minutes, 8% usage. No, no point holding on to that. While the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Good to see him have the 14 points here with three threes, but still not quite at his best. Interestingly, watching Terrence Davis, 18 minutes, 14 points, three threes, two steals. He's in the rotation. He's playing better than Dylan Wright. I'm not saying we add him, but... 20-teamers, 18-teamers, 16-teamers. He's got a regular role now as opposed to what he had in Toronto. There's something to watch there with Terrence Davis. That's the most I'll say about that, I think. Jakob Pertl, 17-11 and 11 with three blocks. Mast roster player, DeJounte Murray, 23-8-7, while Maximum Derek White had 19-3-1. Good games from all those three blocks, but it was a struggle for a lot of other guys, including Calden Johnson. Am I ready to make the call? Yeah, let's go. Get that garbage out of here! Now, the last time I said that, he had a 20-20 and game, so I'm expecting him to come back and make me look like an absolute dickhole. But you can't just continue with this shit. He's outside the top 150 this season. He's outside the top 220 over the last two weeks. He's got to go. It was a nice run. He's got to go. Seven points in 25 minutes for Keldon. DeMar DeRozan had 17-3-8. Well, Drew Eubanks. Unfortunately, I didn't make the playoffs in the 30-deep league. I think the top 12 made it. I finished 13th. And if I had have been in the other division, I would have finished 5th in that division and top six from each division make it. So unlucky, but Eubanks was firing. I would have had him and uh, just cursing that Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler missed three weeks to begin the season. And then of course, Kyrie missed this last week where I needed a win, but I'm not too salty about it. As you can tell, Rudy Gay had 10 points in his 20 minutes with two threes and two steals. And that's solid enough. While Pat Mills, another nine points with three threes. He's a pretty good three pointer and points type streamer. All right, let's go on to this next game, which uh, look, uh, what am I even going to say? The Cleveland Cavaliers go down to the Utah Jazz 75 to... Uh, oh, where's my... I haven't updated the graphic. 75 to 114. Hey, that's rough. At least we still got a good Darius Garland game. 18-5-5. and five. Sexton had 20-3 with two steals. That's okay. Dean Wadey Wade started and had 7-5 and five with two blocks. But this this uh, Cavs team was missing Jared Allen and Larry Nance. I'm not even going to include Kevin Love because he's just never going to play. It appears like... My man, Isaiah Hartenstein, 26 minutes, 5 points, 14 boards, 7 assists, 1 block. While Jarrett Allen is out, I 
think there is at least like 14 to 16 team league stream value in Hartenstein. But look, the rotation consists of Lamar Stevens, Damian Dotson, Broderick Thomas, and the artist formerly known as Torian Prince, who somehow is the worst of that quartet. It, it, it's rough stuff. I was impressed with Hartenstein, though. Isaac Okoro, five points on 11 shooting. He is... He just hasn't been particularly good from a fantasy perspective. Not a top 230 player so far this season. And even though the minutes have been there relatively consistently, he's a long way off being an impact guy for fantasy leagues, just with that lack of offense and lack of defensive stats as well, to be honest. The Jazz just had to go half pace. Rudy Gobert had 18 and 17 with four blocks and two steals. Conley had 18, four and five. And the Don Donovan Mitchell had 19 points with four triples. And he also had four assists in that one. He's Don. He's good. Royce O'Neal, five points. Boyan Bogdanovich, three points in 24 minutes. Uh, if you're still rostering Bogdanovich, I'm not sure what you're doing. You can move on there. Jordy Clarkson went back to being absolutely dreadful. Nine points on 21% shooting. He is hurting you that much that it is really bloody tough, I think, to continue to hold. Now, he will be better, but the the hit you are getting on your field goal percentage is like Jay Crowder's playing for your team every night. That's how bad it is. He is struggling at a huge, huge level, and I think it will turn around, but It's been going on for a while now, and he is now outside the top 100 over the last, or sorry, outside the top 100 over the season after being close to a top 50 guy to begin this season. But it's hard to judge too much on this game just because of how limited the minutes are, but I am more interested in the fact that Clarkson had a 38% usage and a true shooting of 30%. That is a horrendous combination, and that uh, that doesn't bode well uh, for him as we move forward. So I think we still have to... um, I think we're still holding in most cases, but I understand if that field goal percentage hit is too big, that moving on is probably an okay decision because I don't think his upside or you know most likely case upside is uh, is the one we need to pay attention to. All right, so let's go on to the last two games of the night. Pretty uh, uninspiring stuff in uh, in terms of blowouts for this game. The Bucks, they uh, they don't get the win. Unfortunately for them, they go down to the Clippers, despite the Clippers missing a ton of players. One twenty nine, one oh five, the final score there for that uh, for that game. Unfortunately, um, the Bucks had everyone back, all those players who sat out the last game, but uh, yeah, that didn't seem to make too much of a difference. Unfortunately, Yanni did have thirty two points with six rebounds and three assists, and it was ten of twelve from the line, which is excellent. Drew Holiday. Also put up a really, really strong game. 24 points, 7 assists, 3 steals for Drew. Yeah, that's really awesome. I'm a little bit worried about the Big Ragu here. Not that his production's wrong. Like, 5 points is not great, but 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals is fine. I just worry that they go back to playing him 25 minutes a night, as they did when DJ Augustin was around, now that they've signed Jeff Teague. That's a little bit of a worry. I'm not dropping him, but I am concerned with that. We had 31 minutes of Pat Connaughton, which is always too many. Five points and seven rebounds there. But he is a guy that's available everywhere. And in deeper leagues, I guess there is some there is some value of, of, of having him in a in a deeper format. We're not we're not there yet for 12-team leagues, and I think we'll ever be there for 12-team leagues for um, uh, for Paddy Connaughton. But he is producing some better type value than, uh, than maybe we could have uh, expected of him in the past. No, just not a great game in general. Now, the Clippers, Paul George, a late scratch. So Luke Kennard, the duck, he started 21 points. 8 of 11 shooting, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. Now, I don't know what his role is going to be because there was no Pat Beverly, there was no Paul George, there was no Rajon Rondo, all guys that get minutes in those backcourts, in that backcourt. But is Kanan better than Luigi Jackson? Yeah, I believe he is. 
Uh, is he better than Rajon Rondo? Absolutely he is. But will he get those minutes? It's a, a situation to monitor. Jackson did have 20 points himself in his 22 minutes. Zubats had six points and nine rebounds. Not a great night from Zubats. While Marcus Morris had 25 points, it does help the Paul Georges out. So he was able to get more usage there. But as a points type streamer, uh, Morris is providing much better value than he was uh, last season with the Clippers and even uh, when he began to come back now, now that he is a starter again. The minutes and the production is pretty solid here for Marcus Morris. Not a must-roster player by any stretch, but some good numbers nonetheless. Um, Terrence Mann, big minutes, 34 minutes, 14-6-6 six six for Mann on 50% shooting, but the same sort of problem arises with Mann when we talk about Canard. Like, what happens when Rondo's there? What happens when Beverly's there? What happens when George is there? He's been getting a lot of minutes, 24 minutes a night over the last two weeks. It's still not making him a 12-team league guy, but in a deeper format, I don't mind taking the flyer on him, but I think sometimes the way he plays on the court and some of his um, counting stats do make his fantasy value seem higher than what it actually is because he sometimes lacks in hitting threes. He doesn't hit them. He can have some wonky free throws at times. That can be a, a concern for sure. So I think we need to um, we need to be aware of, uh, of, of those um, limitations, I guess, is the best way of phrasing that in what Terrence Mann does. All right, let's move on. The next game and the last game of the night, this was almost equally as embarrassing. The Chicago Bulls go down as Obi tries to give me a kiss uh, to the Warriors. 116-102, the final score here in this one. Um, I think I've got some worries about the skater boy, Zach Levine. Now, he was in my buy low show today. I highlighted the difference in his assist rate when he plays with Sadoransky versus when he plays with Kobe White. But it's not just that. Um, it didn't close the game because of an ankle injury today. He just hasn't been right. And the numbers are, are down. And I think he's going to miss a little bit of time here with this ankle because yeah, 12, 4, and 4 on 25% shooting isn't going to cut it. It was a good game from Sadoransky. There was no Kobe White, but 14 points and 8 assists. That remains a 12-team league option, while 27 points for Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. 21-9-6 with a block for Vooch, while Paddy Williams, good game from Williams, but we know that he alternates goods with bads. 14-6-4 with a steal and a, and a block for Williams, still not near that 12-team value. They did make the change. They started Thad Young over Lowry Markinen. Thad had 10-4-2, not particularly good, but the steal and the block is pretty solid. He's still holding him in 12s, while Lowry Markinen, unfortunately... Get that garbage out of here! He had 13 points, but playing 22 minutes, look, he was already on the fringe. He's, like I asked the question the other day, what is he good at? I'm not actually sure what he's good at. 13-6-1, no steals, no blocks. The three threes are nice, but uh, the minutes aren't encouraging. I would be, again, I was already trending this direction, but I'd be all, almost happy to move on at this stage. Dan, Ty, six points in his first game. Look, he plays well generally when he's out there, but minus 15 is rough. And his fantasy value, if you are still holding in a 12-team league, well, uh, I've got some bad news for you. That's not going to... Uh, that's not going to um, uh, work all that well as we move forward. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors. Let's start with Blunty. Now, fantasy-wise, 12 and 5 with four blocks is really good. 75% shooting is really good. But when the other starters are plus 12, plus 12, plus 16, and plus 7, and he's minus 8, you worry about what he's actually doing on the court. But for now, they're going to gift him the minutes. They're going to force feed it. They're going to try and develop him. And the production's there. So he's okay as a back-end 12-team league guy, but really just a back-end guy. The four blocks are nice, but on court, a ton of work to do. Um, Jordan Poole, 
18 minutes with Steph back. I think we can drop him now. While Curry had 32, 5, and 6 in his first game back. Yeah, that's pretty good. Wiggy had 20. Wiggy? Wiggo. 21, 3, and 5 with two steals for Andrew Wiggins, while Kelly Oubre had 18 and 11 boards, and Draymond had 11, 5, and 9. So everyone putting up big games. It helps when you play the Bulls, of course, as they put all their chips in to make the playoffs and have looked atrocious in basically every game since the All-Star break. Um... Ked Bazemore took Nico Mannion's minutes, 17 minutes for Bays, while Mannion only played six, and uh, I think three of those were in garbage time to end the game. So maybe that little run of Mannion playing a lot as that backup point guard is going to be reduced because Jordan Poole will get those minutes, and then someone like Bazemore comes in to play more of a wing defensive type of role. Let's move on now to have a look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Well, Dan Gafford's up 28%. Fine, absolutely had to add him, and now I think he's going to be a drop. Teo Maladon up 20%. Again, I don't think he's a must-roster guy. Nerlens Noel is. He's up 18%. Alinex up 18%. Absolutely a fine move to make. And then Chuma Akiki up 14%. I didn't like how he was frozen out in the second half of that last game. And how he looks tomorrow is going to be really interesting. But he is someone to add. And let's just see exactly where it goes. In terms of drops, Al Horford down 22%. Makes sense. Nick Claxton down 13%. Go ahead. Delon Wright down 12%. He's a drop. Kendrick Nunn down 12%. He's a drop. Mitch Robinson, unfortunately, won't be taking it from here. I think he's done for the season. He's down 10%, and he is a clear drop in basically every format. Let's look at the top 10 players under 50% rostered today. Corey Joseph, I'm not buying that, but it's more 16-teamers. MC Hamadou Diallo, by all means, 12-team league ad. I'm not convinced, but add him. Jaden McDaniels, add him. DeAnthony Melton, you know how I feel about the wave pool. I'm adding him. Marcus Morris, if you're looking for points, sure. Luke Kennard, loved it. Not convinced. Desmond Bain, not don't think that's going to continue, but a nice deep league guy. Terrence Davis, a good deep league ad. Jeff Green, deep leagues only. And then DJ Augustin is that nice assists streamer. Let's move on now to talk some DFS. We've got four games to look at for Tuesday in the NBA. So let's talk about them now. All right, so there's only four games on Tuesday. So let's take a look at them now. First one is Charlotte at Washington, back-to-back for the Wizards. Pretty surprised if Dan Gafford plays after that injury, to be honest. So that means Len and Lopez are going to be have to sharing those uh, sharing those center minutes. And Brad Beal, we don't know whether he's going to play. He's questionable after missing uh, missing the action on Monday. For Charlotte, of course, there is no Lamelo Ball, but Malik Monk is listed as probable with a right foot. So hopefully he is okay to go. Um. Second game is the Sixers and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are four and a half point favorites. The total is two hundred and twenty one here in this one. No Joel Embiid still for Philadelphia. Second game for Aaron Gordon, which we're going to be watching pretty closely in Denver. Otherwise, injuries are pretty okay here in this one. The second, the third game, sorry, the Magic and the Clippers. The Magic, Terrence Ross has been upgraded to probable, so that's pretty good news. Let's see how that impacts the rotation. There's still tons of rotation questions in that game. Where does Hampton and Carter and Porter and Bumber and Birch and Ross and Bacon and Ennis and literally bloody everybody? How does everyone fit in that rotation? Still questions, and we won't get full answers for that. Uh, I, I don't think on Tuesday. While the Clippers are to back-to-back, Paul George was a late scratch with that foot soreness on Monday. I don't think he plays, but I'm not sure. Um, Beverly, Rondo, Ibaka, I don't believe they'll be playing in this game either. And the last game is the Hawks and the Suns. DeAndre Hunter is questionable after missing last game with knee soreness, so let's hope he's ready to go. While Lou Williams is off the injury report, so he should be available to make his Hawks debut. Phoenix, the only guy out for them is Abdul Nadir. Everyone else is ready to go and ready to rock. On Fangio, some value options. I think you've got to look at Alex Len with Gafford likely out. 3,900 for Len. Rui is at 5,700, and that gets a bump if Beal is out. I like Marcus Morris. I like Devontae Graham. I like Dwight Howard a little bit, assuming he doesn't get ejected for the second consecutive game. Chandler Hutchison played a pretty big role, and he's a minimum salary guy. Big, pretty big role on Monday. He had... Uh, 
yeah, look, I think 20-odd points in that game, played 25 minutes. Uh, Denny Avdia at 36 is worth a look. Chris Paul, I think, is worth a look. PJ Washington, Kawhi Leonard, Jamal Murray, the headmaster. Devin Booker, Terrence Mann, Gordon Haywood, Brad Beal, maybe, but Russell Westbrook, definitely. Uh, and then perhaps someone like a Ben Simmons, who's down at 7,900. But I'm not particularly feeling great about Simmons at that sort of mark. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.